Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a tremendous football Thursday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is you here with us on You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. Simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. And if you're watching us on Stadium, a tip of the cap to you. Uh, good sir or good lady. Uh, and the next two hours are going to be awesome. Badass wagertainment coming your way. Getting you set to bet and win, hopefully, on the divisional round of the NFL postseason. Our pal pro sports better Adam Chernoff is going to join us in just a couple moments to talk divisional weekend. Connor Allen stops by later this hour from 4 for 4 and bet spurts. Pro sports better Rob Pozzola joins us coming up 40 minutes from now. And the great Joey Kanish, baby, to talk his Lions and more. Kanish will join us next hour on the show. Next hour on the show, Ken and I will also give you our updated takes on divisional weekend. All four games, side and total, injury updates, weather forecasts, if we've changed our minds from the last time we were on the air on Monday. All that good stuff coming up over the course of the next two hours. And in the final hour the power hour of the show. We will give you all our bets coming up for tonight's slate in the world of sports. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity on our stadium two hours is the aforementioned Adam Chernoff, who hosts the Simple Handicap Podcast, a great NFL betting podcast that we would encourage our listeners and viewers to check out. Churn also does great work with our friends at Right Angle Sports, and they've got an app, the Right Angle Sports app. It's a free download featuring insight and commentary from professional bettors on everything happening in the NFL, and Churn is on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff. And I believe that he's attending the Bills-Chiefs game on Sunday and is on his way to Buffalo. I could be wrong about that. I I think that's what he's got going on right now. That's why he's on the phone. Uh, Churn, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Great to have you. Uh, Why are you on the way to Buffalo right now? It's Mahomes versus Allen. You got to be in attendance. So um, we're kind of slowing down for the season now with just seven games to go. The work is, for the most part, done. So everybody's taking a few days we're meeting up in Buffalo, and we're hopefully going to enjoy the game. I'm calling it a 100-wing a weekend is the goal, going over to Buffalo for 48 hours. So um, that's that's the goal, and hopefully a great game Sunday night. Well, why don't we – well, you're going to be in attendance. Now we have to start with that game, even though it's the last game of the weekend. So 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. I get the sense. I'm curious if you agree. I think it's. I think it might be like blowout, 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 and everyone's like, "Please, for the love of God, can this game be close?" And it's the last one. Bills kind of between two and a half and three, but more toward two and a half. Uh, favorite at home, obviously. First time hosting Mahomes in a playoff game. His first true road playoff start. Total forty five and a half, lower than some of the previous meetings that we've seen between the two teams. Uh, any handicap of the game? Will you have any bets on? You're trying to take some time off here and and go to the game. Will you have any bets on it, or just your thoughts in general? So I like KC in this. Uh, right now it's two and a half, even money. Uh, I I think there's a decent chance we see three with some of the Bills' injuries and where this might go. Uh, but the big reason I like Kansas City in this game getting two and a half is the fact that the offense has changed the last two games the starters have played. And I don't know if it's getting enough discussion, and it might be hidden a little bit when it comes to the price. So before the Cincinnati game, there was a collective effort and team meeting to change the Chiefs' offense. And the goals were to get out of the huddle quicker, get to the line of scrimmage sooner, and play faster. And we saw them against Cincinnati work to about 28 seconds per play. And then against Miami was right around 27 seconds per play. And in both of those games, they were leading. So I still think there's potential for them to go a little bit faster. 
And we saw them against Miami in these conditions that nobody wanted any part of any team moving the football. The Chiefs went for 410 yards, which was their best offensive output in three months. And so they're leaning on the guys that they trust. They've simplified the offense. And if the Bills have two linebackers out and two guys in the defensive backfield out and they're missing their leading tackler and they're missing their top corner, I think it's going to be tough for them to rotate in and out to keep up with Kansas City. So I like the Chiefs in this, uh, getting two and a half with this offensive change they've made. I think that matters quite a bit, Ken. Um, just like just to follow on that, Adam, and I think Ken and I were kind of both like kind of agreeing with uh, with something about the answer that you gave there. Kind of like made me at least contemplate the over in the game, right? If we think Kansas City is going to play faster, you did a great job bringing up some of the Bills' defensive injuries. Ken and I will talk about that coming up a little later in the show. Forty-five and a half is the total, and I know Kansas City's defense is really good. It's also Josh Allen on the other side. Churn, have you given any thought to playing the over in the game if you're bullish on Kansas City scoring a bunch of points potentially? I, I don't have a bet on the total, Nick, but that's the way that I would look at it. I think something that we're going to see that offers a bit of variance in this is the last couple of weeks, Mahomes and Kansas City have been really tight and conservative with their red zone play calling against Miami. We saw them go to a six in the red zone. I believe there's kind of an emphasis on that because of how great the defense has been playing. And in a game like this, if Kansas City is really pushed, I think they might be a little bit more aggressive and try to force things more in the red zone. So you could be looking at a few more touchdowns, but I think there's also a higher turnover risk within that. And Buffalo, if they're forced to chase, uh, like you guys are getting at, that's a great partner for the over. So that's the way I would look. I haven't bet the total, though. Just worth noting, because I was I was thinking about this too, like Mahomes in a playoff game, how many times is the team total 21 or 21 and a half in a, a game the Chiefs are playing in a playoff? Now again, road playoff game, haven't seen one of those yet. 21's juice way over, 21 and a half kind of with normal juice both ways. Just like, you know, I think as, as a lot of our guests this week are going to give some answers on this stuff, it's like, oh, now that kind of makes me like something. I wasn't really thinking about the game that way. Adam, I, I don't know if we want to work backwards. I kind of want to ask you about the two big favorite games. I've been grouping them both together as we've been talking about them. And I think I'm going to keep doing that with guests. It just, maybe you disagree. It feels like sort of the same, the same game, the same handicap twice. The total is different, but like Stroud with big upside. Also, he's a rookie is a nine and a half point underdog on the road at Baltimore. Jordan Love. Second playoff start, just like Stroud. Perfect passer rating in the first game, just like Stroud. A nine-and-a-half-point underdog at San Francisco. Obviously, there are other things about the games that are different, but I think betters and all of us in general are kind of like, is it two blowouts? Do we think we could have a really fun Saturday from a competitive game standpoint? How do you look at the two Saturday games, the two like historically good one seeds, almost 10-point favorites against pretty uh, you know unproven quarterbacks? I agree with you that it's very similar handicaps in both. Which game do you want to start with? Because I have some different takes on each of them. Do you want to go the early game first? Right, let's go chronological order. Let's do let's do Stroud first against Baltimore. We'll do San Francisco after. Nick, I'll ask you about the Niners. Awesome. So I think the big thing that stands out for me in Baltimore and why I like the Ravens at minus nine and minus nine and a half, anything better than 10 for me on the Ravens, is the fact that defensive coordinator Mike McDonald this will be round three for him against C.J. Stroud. He faced him when he was back with Ohio State. Michigan, uh, the team that McDonald was the D.C. of, held Ohio State and Stroud to their lowest offensive output of the season. In week one, shut them down big again, too. Now, you can push back and say that was Stroud's debut. You can't carry over college. Okay, that's fine. What I would point to then for McDonald is he has faced 
the San Francisco 49ers and Miami Dolphins recently and held both of those two teams to their lowest offensive outputs as well. And that matters because Bobby Slowick comes from the San Francisco system just like Mike McDaniel did. It's the same scheme. They have a lot of the same personnel groupings. And McDonald just, just owns this offensive style. And so now you add in the fact there could be wind, which takes away some of the passing game and the efficiency we've seen from Houston. That just kind of aids Baltimore's defense. And so I think the Ravens defensively have a big game here, and I think they have no problem running the football. It's a big step up in class for the Houston defense based on quarterbacks they face. And, and so I like Baltimore in this one at anything better than 10. You better you bet with Nick and Ken, Tremendous Football Thursday. Our guest, Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff. It has been written in the stars that my next question will be about the Packers and Niners. So, Churn, how are you how, how are you betting the Packers and the Niners on Saturday night? San Francisco, 9.5 total, about 50.5 in the Bay. So, I'd go San Francisco in this one as well. Same thing. Anything better than 10, uh, I think the bet is the Niners. And... Uh, when I look at this one, Love last week played as great of a game as you can expect from a quarterback in that spot. But we also saw Dan Quinn with as bad of a performance from a defensive play calling standpoint that you could ever expect in that spot. And I think it made Green Bay and Love look a lot better than they are. LaFleur absolutely owned Dan Quinn with his offensive play calling. And the big thing that stood out, Green Bay found a ton of explosive plays operating out of heavy personnel, multiple tight ends, gave Love extra time, able to work downfield. It was fantastic. Dallas is really bad against that, and Quinn did nothing to adjust. San Francisco, on the other hand, top five at defending those personnel sets, one of the best linebacker groups in coverage in the NFL. And to me, there's not going to be as much efficiency for Green Bay running the football on the Niners. I think if Green Bay falls behind, this is trouble for Love going against this pass rush and this defense, it's going to look very different. Uh, I'll take San Francisco, who's going to be able to run all over Joe Barry and the big Shanahan coaching advantage. So Niners, for me, anything less than 10. And I I think it probably illustrates the fact that Ken was saying very, very similar games and very similar handicaps for both of these. Yeah. So I think, and I, I don't, uh, I don't bet based on kind of like where the action is. Or like the, you know, we, we joke about betting splits on this show, but I will say, and I've, I've said this a bunch of times, I always think it's just interesting, just interesting. I'm always curious, like, I oh, like what, what's everybody betting on this week? A lot of interest for the two dogs and the two big spread. You don't see that in divisional weekend all the time. And I think it's just a byproduct of you had two really electric quarterback performances that we all saw on national television. And to be fair, like one of these teams might get to the finish line, like might win a couple of games and get to the Super Bowl. And they'll be able to ride that hot hand. Just like, I'm always curious, just kind of like, you just had the two best regular seasons of the past like five years. It's like, oh, what's everybody doing? Betting against them. Like, okay, like you could be right. And they're big numbers, to be fair. Adam, what we this game's like the runt of the litter in the divisional round, to be honest. Lions and Buccaneers, there's a reason we're doing it last because it might be the least interesting game. Uh, I'm curious if you have a betting thought on it. Detroit opened six, uh, got bet out to six and a half. That happened almost immediately when the market opened after the Detroit Philadelphia, or sorry, the Tampa Philadelphia game on Monday Night Football. So the Lions have been six and a half point home favorites most of the week. The total has been about 48 and a half or 49 for at least the last couple of days, early interest in the over in the game. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Lions obviously off the close win over the Rams, Tampa off whatever that was against the Eagles, Lions six and a half. Uh, any bets for you in this game? So I like the Buccaneers getting six and a half. And I say that because I think about 
the Lions, there's two points that come to mind. First, I thought they were very fortunate to get out of that game against the Rams with a win. They were outgained by a yard and a half per play. They didn't cross the 35-yard line once after the seven-minute mark of the second quarter. They just hung on for dear life and got very lucky in the red zone, something that they have done for the last four weeks as well against Nick Mullins twice and then against the Dallas Cowboys. They've had eight drives inside their own 20 the last four weeks, which have produced a combined nine points. It's unbelievable how lucky this defense has been getting inside their own 20. And I put that on the side as kind of a point, thinking about the Lions laying six and a half and some of the risk that comes with that. I think about what the Buccaneers do well defensively, now specifically that they're healthy. They're really good up front against the run, and they blitz a ton and are able to generate a lot of pressure. Jared Goff against pressure in the blitz, much worse than he is. Big drop-off for Jared Goff when facing that pressure. And the Lions' offensive success has been largely driven by running the football. I'm not saying the Buccaneers are going to go into Ford Field and shut out the Lions, but when I'm thinking about a defense that's getting very lucky, that isn't good to begin with, laying six and a half points, and you have a Lions offense where the strengths don't particularly match up very well against the Buccaneers' defensive strengths, it just seems like a big number to me. And so I'll take the points with the dog in this one. Churn, what is the ideal method or the ideal way that you like to eat a buffalo wing? Like flavoring, sauce, you're going to eat 100 buffalo wings this weekend. How do you like your buffalo wings? Drumsticks only. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting a, like a first-class explanation of what real wings are because the biggest thing for me, when I go from Canada to the States, they're different chickens. We're not talking about the same thing. All right, thing. just the answer, just answer chicken, the question, buddy. How do you, how do you like to eat your buffalo wings? I don't just know, Nick. I like hot wings, but I'm, I'm in for a new experience that I'm looking forward to. I like the <laughs> hot wings. I'm indifferent on ranch or blue cheese. I'm going for the 100-wing weekend. There'll be hot wings. I, I'm ready for it. <laughs> what what so a like, kind of like metaphysical wing. answer. It's like, how do you like to eat wings? Well, what is a wing, Cad, really, when you think about it? Just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you like the wings extra crispy? Is, like, the drumstick yeah. your favorite? We have no preference but ranch or blue cheese. How is that even possible? I don't know. Humans were made like that. I, I appreciate poultry of all kinds, Ken. But I, I'm, <laughs> I will say I, I'm a, I, if I had to pick a preference, I'd go hot wings, flats, give me a, a schnicker ranch on the side, and we're good to go. I'm pretty okay. happy with oh, all that. I, I, I don't know what that word was, but those are yeah. the, the Canadian Adam term, is, I guess, whatever. Says. Poultry aficionado. That's what he does. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I guess you could say I like I like all kinds of poultry. Like it uh, all. Turns the best. For what it's worth, hot wings for me, drumsticks only, ranch dressing. That would that that would be my choice. Extra crispy, like that. Uh, I'm a on Twitter at Adam Turnoff. Slathered well, and mild. Ken, that's that's my new Ken, nickname. Ken, <laughs> Ken, Ken's a big like extra. I think that's like extra crispy. I love the extra crispy. Right. Oh, that's Andrew Williams. Right. Likes that. Anyway, at Adam Chernoff on Twitter. Right Angle Sports. The Right Angle Sports app. Simple hand to get podcast. My friend. Have a great time in Buffalo. Enjoy the wings. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, guys. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week for the finals. Connor Allen coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Mike Tirico with the call on Peacock this past Saturday night. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking care of, remember the Miami Dolphins? Feels like that was like a long time ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a what a bunch of jerks. Uh, look what you did, you little jerks. It's my Uncle Frank imitation because I lost money on the Dolphins. Probably my fault. Uh, we'll talk about the Chiefs against the Bills and the rest of the slate divisional rounds of the postseason with our friend Connor Allen coming up in a moment. But want to remind our live audience, Rob Bazola joins us in 20 minutes. Joey Kanish joins us next hour. And Ken and I will give you our hashtag updated takes on divisional weekends in the National Football League next hour as well. All our bets for tonight, power hour, final hour of the show. But joining us right now, I, I'm looking at him right now on what we call Q, meaning I could see him, and he's now, now, now he's on the air. I got to say, you know, I, I know it's cold in Chicago. Our man has lost his tan, and it's a little sad. It's faded really fast. The, no offense. Yeah, like, last I, week, I have no last tan week he came on. Yeah. Last week he came on the show looking like, you know, 1988 Hulk Hogan. And now he's like, I don't know, he's like pasty white like the rest of us. But it's good to have <laughs> Connor Allen back on the show from 4 for 4, uh, Betsperts and the Move the Line podcast. He's on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. What's up, Casper? Great to have you back on the show with us. Thank you, Ken. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the unfortunate reality. I think what happens is when it turns to like the negatives, like so it was like negative ten to negative twenty for the last week, basically in a row. So when that happens, you like reverse, so you become like more white quicker. I think that's that's science, right? I think that's how it works. So uh, you know, it's unfortunately I've lost on my ten within a week, despite spending two weeks during the NFL season in Mexico. Uh, you know, lucky me, but yeah, just just as white as everyone else now, apparently. Welcome, welcome back, welcome back, buddy. Uh, I'm like this all year. Uh, we, Connor, I, we, I've asked uh, every every guest we've had on the show so far. I've like put the two Saturday games together. Quarterbacks that played awesome, big underdogs. Uh, you have a strong opinion on one of these games, Houston, Baltimore. I see you have a take on, and in both games, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, the quarterback was great. Yeah, do you think the team could cover it? Do you think that team could score like they were able to score against their previous opponent in the wild card round? Houston ran up the score against Cleveland, and obviously Green Bay was up 27 nothing over the Dallas Cowboys. Houston, Baltimore, uh, what are your bets in this market? Looks like Ravens still 9.5, uh, total 43.5. Yeah, so I have a bit of a contrarian take here. I mean, I don't think the Texans are going to be able to score as, as much as they did against the Browns, but I think they're going to have some success offensively. And part of that starts with the run here. This Baltimore run defense, uh, 21st in rushing success rate allowed. Um, their past events, fourth in per dropback success rate. But if we look at how they play defense here, they play zone over 70% of the time. And against zone, CJ Stroud's been amazing this year. 69% completion rate, 8.7 yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, one pick. Baltimore, also really good at getting pressure. Second in pressure in the season. Stroud, fourth best completion rate under pressure. Ninth best yards per attempt out of all out of 25 qualifying QBs this year. So I think that he does well a lot of things that, you know, they, they do well defensively here. And so I think that they'll have some success, you know, offensively. And on the other side of the ball, I think that Houston's defense might find a way to get it done here. Part of that starts with the run defense. Um, you know, they're allowing the fewest yards per carry to opposing running backs. First in rushing success rate allowed. They're also really good at defending RPOs, allowing fewer than three yards per carry on RPOs. And they're number one against runs out of the gun. So I think that we might see Baltimore struggle a little bit uh, on the ground here. And then their pass defense did some really unique stuff last week. Um, you know, the first half, they weren't all that good. Uh, and then the second half against Cleveland, they started rotating their players, you know, post-snap. And there was a great column with PFF about it this week that basically Flacco couldn't do anything. It was just confused. And I think that maybe they try the same thing here against Lamar. So I expect them to keep it close. I did bet a little bit on Moneyline. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, a very small bit there. Um, and then 
Other than that, I bet Zay Flowers under four and a half receptions. If Mark Andrews returns, I think it's a good bet. If he doesn't, probably not as good as it was when I two full practices. Jim Harbaugh or Harbaugh came out and said he's still up in the air. Not really sure how that works, but uh, you know, I think that the under there is still a good look. And then I played Gus Edwards under 52 and a half rushing yards as well. I think there's a little bit more role uncertainty here. We saw Justice Hill play a lot uh, as well in the previous weeks against San Francisco, and then not as much in a dominant win over Miami. So I think that we could see a little more Justice Hill here as well uh, in this matchup. Uh, Mark Andrews, by the way, official designation on the final injury report because the Saturday game, so the final injury report today on a Thursday. Mark Andrews listed as questionable. Uh, I I think it's maybe like forty five percent that he plays, and maybe they hold him. They hold him for for championship Sunday next week if and if they win the game coming up on Saturday against the Houston Texans. All right, let's go to the Saturday night game with the Niners and the Packers. Like similar point spread market, right? Niners favored by a little less than ten. Total about fifty and a half. Anything for you, Connor, with the Niners and the Packers? Yeah, I made two plays so far. Uh, I took Niners team total to go over. It's already super high. I just, I think there's a massive, massive edge here for this Niners team, specifically on passing the ball on first down. Packers defense right now on first down, one of the worst in the league. Still on 8.6 yards per attempt on first pent down passes, 71% completion rate, which is 28th. And then the dead last in success rate allowed on passes on first down. And Brock Purdy passes the first down, leads the league in passing yards, 11.1 yards per attempt, which is first by like, two and a half yards per attempt. He's uh 73% completion rate as well. Uh, so I think that we're going to see probably this Niners team come out and pass the ball a good chunk, at least early in the game here, uh, and have some success here against the Joe Barry defense that is susceptible over the middle as well. You know, one of the worst uh, in the league at that. And I think that San Francisco does a great job as well there. So I like San Francisco to have a, a good amount of success offensively. And then Jaden Reed, I played his over three and a half receptions. I think we're looking at, it's getting a little juicy at this point, but I think you can play some alts here five plus six plus receptions you know he's coming off of a goose egg last week but a lot of that had to do with them playing 12 personnel so just two wide receivers on the field I think we're going to see them more in catch-up mode here not be able to dominate the running game as much and see a lot more Jaden Reed uh potentially you know here in this spot so I think both those are two solid looks for this one Connor I am curious like you you like the Niners to go over their team total I think that's a pretty easy case to make right if you watch the Niners offense especially at home so far this year I'm curious then like why like how you think that'll happen. Like over 30 and a half points means some guys had some pretty electric performances. Like I have the Niners prop sheet here. Like maybe it's just a thought on, okay, you don't love these numbers. Maybe they're rated appropriately. But if you think they're going to go over, like how does it happen? So, you know, I think everyone's first thought is, oh, they're going to be up in the game. Like Christian McCaffrey is going to have a big day running the ball because they're going to be leading and they're going to lean on McCaffrey, whose rushing yards prop is like about 90, depending on where you go, like 89 and a half, 90 and a half, something like that. Uh, receiving, okay, like pretty even distribution, right? Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle are all in like the 52 to 68 range in terms of how they're lying prop-wise. So maybe it's like of the three, who do you think could pop the most? Do you have an idea? Like, I think you you probably have hit on some things that the Niners are good at, that the Packers are bad at. Do you do you have an idea for like how it's going to happen or if people wanted to play a Niners team total over with someone to be successful, who would you go with? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think part of the issue is that they're all priced like they have a 30 and a half team total. So again, like all their prices are pretty high. But if I had to pick some guys here, so if we look at this matchup specifically um, against the middle of the field, so throws over in the short middle or deep middle, um, Debo has the highest target share, 24 and a half percent. Ayuk has a 20% target share. And then, but George Kittle is a 22.4% target share. So I think that all of those guys are pretty interesting. But if I had to pick one, it would probably be a guy like George Kittle, who I think 
you know, has kind of that explosive nature, I think can rip it off the seam a little bit more. And um, that would be my favorite look. You're looking like props, like the low fifties. I think you could hit his alts there, like 70, 80. Um, you know, my kind of issue too, is that they just slow down a lot towards the end of the game and just start running the ball. And so I worry a little bit about that, but I also have a little bit of confidence in this, in this green Bay team, kind of pushing the pace a little bit and continuing to keep up. Um, San Francisco's defense, like 20th in rushing success rate. Uh, they're, you know, not super, not as good as I think that a lot of people are expecting them to be. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the Kittle look is probably my favorite among the ancillary guys. Nick and Ken here. You better you bet on a Thursday. We're talking the divisional rounds of the postseason with Connor Allen from 4 for 4, Betsperts and the Move the Line podcast. He's on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, let's go to Sunday, Motor City, uh, indoor. Uh, Detroit playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lions a six and a half point favor, total 48 and a half. Can Baker and company keep it close and fire the cannons? Uh, Lions restore the roar and roots of the NFC Championship game, a win and a cover. How do you see it playing out? Side total or props, Lions and Bucks. Yeah, it's a really interesting game. I would say what I feel most confident in is that both teams are going to go pretty pass heavy here. We you know, saw last time around with this uh, Bucks and Lions game here, you know, the Lions didn't have Jameer Gibbs. David Montgomery got hurt in the second quarter. But even before that, they still had uh, 12 dropbacks, just seven rush attempts. So they were still skewing a little bit, um, you know, pass heavy there in this spot. We know this Bucks team, they're first in DVOA over the last five weeks in run defense. Uh, and then their pass defense has been you know, a little bit suspect at times here. So I think that we see the Lions skew that way. Now, that being said, I expect them to blitz the Lions a ton. They blitz over 60% of the time against the Eagles. And last time these two teams played, um, you know, golf was pressured on 12 of his 48 dropbacks, completed just two of eight passes, sacked three times and a four yard scramble in there. So I think that that was maybe a key here. We probably see a lot of pressure from the Bucks, but I think the way that the Lions counteract that is by a lot of short passes. We also saw one of his lowest time, time to throw of the season in that game as well. So it's a little bit of a chess match there specifically. If I had to pick a side, though, I'd lean to plus six and a half because Lions pass defense since week nine by... 299 passing yards per game allowed, 8.7 yards per attempt, 30 things success rate, dead last in EPA per dropback. They're healthier now than they have been during a lot of that stretch, but I still think that they're not a very good unit. And uh, Buffalo or um, Tampa Bay is equipped to kind of you know capitalize on that. So give me the Bucks here at, at plus six and a half. That's so, so funny. We've already had a lot of interest for people we've had on in Tampa, just like during the show. And I just I'm already like, if they somehow win this game at Mayfield and Bowles are in an NFC oh. championship game in San Francisco. That's got to be one of the largest championship game point spreads ever. Like, I mean, it has, I mean, what number would you need? Like 14 and a half? What would you need to bet Tampa? I was going to say, it outrageous. has to be 13 and a half, right? Like I guess it would have to be or, double or digits. More, depends on how they look against the Packers. Like, they run the Packers out of the building, and here comes Baker Mayf. I mean, just like, how big is the number after? They're not 10 in this game against the Packers. Uh, uh, two teams where we won't have that kind of conversation, Connor, in the, in the last game, and I see you have a bet on this game. I feel like we've gotten some split opinions here, and it makes sense, right? The Bills and the Chiefs have played a bunch. Even if the Chiefs have gotten the better of Buffalo in the playoff games, the games have still been very hotly contested, very close, and Buffalo's hosting the game this time. It's obviously different from the other games. So the Bills, just a two and a half point home favorite, juice toward Buffalo, total 45 and a half. Uh, what's your bet here for the latest installment of Chiefs Bills? Yeah, this is a really tough one because I think I had a lot of confidence heading into last week about this Bills defense, and then they just picked up so many more injuries. And I think all those guys, you know, at least a lot of them, are, are pretty suspect to play for this week. You know, the pra We're going to have to see how the practice report develops here. But I think that's a pretty big key here because I think the Chiefs will have a reasonable amount of success kind of doing no matter what they want to do, whether it's running the ball, whether it's passing the ball. 
Um, I could see them going run heavy, but this Bills defense is run defense has actually been pretty solid. So maybe they decided to go pass heavy. I mean, I thought they were going to do the same thing against Miami last week, and they came out slinging the ball. Uh, Mahomes had like over 40 pass attempts, and they were up basically the entire game there. Um, but on the other side here, I worry a little bit about this Bills, uh, you know, offense here. We're seeing this Chief secondary second in success rate allowed, uh, and they're they've been really strong this season. They have Jerry Sneed this time, uh, you know, and. We're looking at them against wide receiver one targets, only allowed two of those players to clear 70, uh, 63 receiving yards in this spot. Um, they've been going more run heavy, and I think that that could work here, but they've kind of struggled, or they've they've ran well, but the, the Chiefs have struggled um, you know, against the opposite of basically what they're good at. So we're looking at uh, Buffalo use, utilizing one of the highest uh, man gap concepts in the league, and you know the Chiefs have been pretty good against that. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, from that perspective here, and like if they're able to stop them on the run, I mean, I really see how don't see how Buffalo scores very well, and so I think that like probably the under and Kansas City money line are both pretty interesting looks in this spot. And I took Stephon Diggs under 63 and a half receiving yards, cleared this in just uh, twice in the two of the nine games since Joe Brady took over as offensive coordinator, and as I already mentioned, uh, Kansas City's done really well against wide receiver ones. Connor, give us a prop um, for this weekend that you have not yet discussed, but something that you feel really good about in any of the four games, and I guess it doesn't have to be a prop, like any bet that you've got in any of the four games that we have not yet discussed for our listeners and viewers, please. Yeah, we'll go We'll go with a fun one since we were talking about a pre-show here. Uh, on, uh, a, I don't know, I guess I can't even say the book, but on certain books you can place, uh, you know, non-correlated parlays. A sports book that uh, is not take... our show sponsor. So right. there, yeah. You can, to be yeah. fair, maybe not you just can... there, to be fair. Right. Yeah, you can place it at other places too. Um, so just look for this and make sure the odds are boosted. So sportsbooks obviously price correlation very well and like overcompensated times. And so you can take a player like Trey Palmer under two and a half receptions, but over on his yards because he's a guy who generally gets a lot of like, you know, longer plays, but doesn't see a whole lot of volume time to time. We saw it last week, one catch, 56 yards, broke a long one. I mean, we're looking at odds for this for under two and a half catches and 25 plus yards is like seven to one. Under two and a half catches and 40 yards is like 20 to one. And then under two and a half catches and 50 yards is 40 to one again this week. So again, you're betting on have the one into two catches and 40 plus yards. It's a fun bet. But again, we're talking 20 to one, 40 to one. Uh, you know, it's a good time if you're looking for a fun sweat there. It was certainly a fun sweat last week. Got there. And I, I just can't believe they posted the two and a half receptions mark again. How, uh, how long can you stay outside in, in like minus 10 degree weather? <laughs> uh I mean, I would, the walks that I had with my dog were a lot shorter, like maybe two, three minutes. Um, but if you bundle up, it's, you know, anything's possible. Uh, minus, because what's it, Ken, by you? It's, it's, like, it's been like 10, 15 degrees here. Yeah. Like that's and it's 20 brutal. degrees colder than like than what yeah. we're dealing with. I, I got to tell you something, man. I live in the wrong place. Uh, Connor's the best. Four for four. Betsperts, the Move the Line podcast on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. My friend, stay warm. Uh, work on that tan. Good luck with the bets, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you talking championship Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate it. Talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, you'll be a little more tan then. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, at least he's got a chance. Not counting on it. I've got no I, chance. Uh, so as part of my um, my gym membership at the Pumble Brag, at the, you know, the place I go and work out yeah. at, uh, I, they, they have a tanning salon, and it's like it's it's like free with the, I have like the, like the highest pay. It's not expensive. The I have like the membership. highest package there. Like I have like, the, I have like the, I am elite. You're right. I have, I'm like Joe Flacco, except hopefully I won't get blown out by a million points. I I've considered like, do I need to go just to, just so I'm not like ghastly, like red splotches on my face. Vegas for the Super Bowl too. Put your, put your best foot like, forward a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> 
fucks. I mean, dude, I put we're, my we're gonna show all the time. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna show up looking like crap otherwise, right? <laughs> this thing. Possibly. All right. On the other side, our pal Rob Pozzola stops by Pro Sports Better. Rob's takes on all the games this weekend in the NFL. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Amazing guests today on You Better You Bet, giving varied opinions to help you make the best bet for divisional weekends in the National Football League. Herman Edwards has already joined us on today's show. Adam Chernoff joined us. Connor Allen just joined us. Joey Kanish will join us next hour, baby. Our pal Rob Bazola, Pro Sports Better, stops by in a second. But 20 minutes from now, Ken and I will start hour number three here on this tremendous Football Thursday, giving you our updated takes on the divisional weekend, um, all the updated injury news, updated weather forecasts, and if, uh, we've changed our minds on the game since we last uh, touched base on the show this past Monday. Power Hour, final hour from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time will feature all our bets for tonight in the NBA, the National Hockey League, and more. But joining us right now is the aforementioned Rob Pozzola, Pro Sports Better, uh, founder of the content company The Hammer, and we have a lot of guests on the show that work for The Hammer, so we encourage people to follow them on Twitter, at The Hammer HQ. Rob's sports betting podcast is Circles Off, and we encourage people to check that out, a great sports betting podcast. And Rob is on Twitter, at Rob Pozzola. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Sorry about them, cowboys. And, uh, and how's it going otherwise? I mean... <laughs> You're bringing back bad memories. Other than that, it's been going pretty well. I've had like kind of, uh, you know, this this week has been tough realizing I have the Cowboys, I have the Leafs, which are basically the Cowboys of the NHL, and just come to the realization that my team stink and they're not going to win anything. But that's in the past. I'm over it. I honestly am. It was a really, really good betting week for me, which is very much needed because uh, week 17 in the eight and 18 in the NFL were not too kind. So it was very good to to win all my opinions last week. I'm I'm pretty happy about that and I'm I'm excited about these games this week at the very least. I know you're trying to put the Cowboys behind you. I gotta I gotta ask you about McCarthy though, just as a Cowboys fan. Like Nick and I had our opinions, our level of surprise that he'll be back as the head coach next year. Jerry Jones giving like a very like long professional announcement about like here are all the things we need to do and I'm really optimistic and this needs to be the goal and everything. Like you see that announcement, that note, like what's the first thing that comes to mind knowing McCarthy's your coach next year? It, the first thing that comes to mind is it sucks because I don't like Mike McCarthy. <laughs> it's really disappointing. But Fair the reality enough. is, you know, you take a step back, and, and this is what I've done. And I've thought about the situation a little bit more. Like, if, if I was Jerry Jones, I would try to hire Ben Johnson as my head coach. I think that he has the highest upside. It could be a complete disaster, but I'm a big believer in offensive coordinators as head coaches. I think they make a lot of good in-game decisions. And they're just a little bit more aggressive and more conducive to this modern day NFL. That would never happen with Jerry Jones. Like it's not even in the realm of possibilities. So if Mike McCarthy gets fired, you're just basically bringing in another retread defensive old guy that's available on the market. And I don't think that serves the Cowboys well anyway. So I, I'm just like admitting defeat basically with McCarthy, but I mean, it's crazy that I'm going to say this. Like, I don't think Bill Belichick would have been a better option. Bringing him in, signing him to like a four or five year contract at 72 years old, trying to have him all of a sudden figure out the new NFL. I don't know. I, I, I when, when presented with the realistic options, I don't know that McCarthy being back is the worst possible thing. 
I got to tell you something. You got Stockholm Syndrome, buddy, as a sports fan. That's the most insane yeah. thing you've ever said. We don't have enough time to get into it because we got to hit the games, but you need it. You need to sit down with a psychiatrist, buddy, if that's your thought. is Actually, this isn't that bad. Sorry, it is. Uh, we'll get to the I, games I, now. I, I will remind you, Nick. Sorry. I will remind you, and we'll get to the games. I did say that Andy Dalton would be a better quarterback option than Tom Brady on this show as well. So, all right, let's get to the games. Rob, you mentioned you love offensive coordinators getting shots as head coaches, right? There's only one game this weekend that features that, and it's the Packers and the 49ers on Saturday night in the Bay Area. So let's start there with Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Niners, nine and a half point favorite, 50 and a half the total. How are you betting this one? Niners and the Packers, Purdy against Love, et cetera. I originally had some interest in Green Bay. I'm really not going to have interest in Green Bay if Jair Alexander doesn't suit up, which it's trending more and more towards that being the case. Why did I have interest in Green Bay? Uh, generally speaking, great quarterback, in my opinion, getting a large amount of points. That's always going to be of interest to me in some capacity. I think the 49ers defense is a little bit overrated, generally speaking, to where people think they are. I'm not saying they're a bad defense. But I think people put them up in like this elite pedestal and they're really not. With Aaron Jones in the backfield for Green Bay, it's not quite the Kyron Williams splits for the Rams. But with Aaron Jones on versus off the field for the Packers, it's very much a different offense altogether for them. And one other thing that's like kind of weird, and it's it's a very small sample size thing, but the bye week historically in the NFL playoffs is worth a lot. It's like the largest home field advantage any team will have over the course of the season is coming off of that bye week. However, there are a lot of instances where teams rested their starting quarterback in the final game of the regular season, then had a week off, and then played. So two weeks off for the starting quarterback. Those teams, I'm going back 20 years, and it's a very small sample, they just don't cover the spread. Like There is a rust factor associated with that. Kyle Shanahan's actually been very vocal about that in the past before, which is why I thought he would play potentially Brock Purdy in week 18 of the regular season, which he didn't. But I think that there's something real there. Um, honestly, Lean Green Bay, my fellow colleague at, at the Hammer Hitman actually made a very good case for Green Bay plus three first quarter, which I thought was really interesting. And it was just Green Bay, if they, if they win the coin toss, are very likely to take the ball. They did that against Dallas this week. That's not really built into this derivative price as I've been working it out. And I think that there's an edge there because I do actually believe that the Packers would take the ball if they won the coin toss. And like that's not priced into this number. So that to me is a good look. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not feeling very strongly about this game. Literally, like as, as you're giving that explanation about uh, getting the ball first, even like first quarter, I was sitting literally in my head, I'm going like, all right, first quarter spread, first quarter team total over, Packers to score first, like mm -hmm. all of these, like all these things, like first to seven, first to ten, whatever, all this stuff. Like, oh my God. Like I, yeah, because like in the Niners probably defer every time if they win the toss too, to be fair. It might, could be that we know the first possession of the game, uh, who gets it before it even starts, which would be pretty crazy. The other big favorite game, Rob, uh, I've, I've grouped these together, but like the total is much less. You're kind of talking about, have some questions about San Francisco's defense. I think we have a lot of questions about Green Bay's defense. We haven't really had any questions about Baltimore's defense all year. They've been one of the best in the league. It's basically like them and Cleveland, first or second in a bunch of the major statistical categories, except the problem with that is Houston just played Cleveland, and they had no problem whatsoever moving the ball, scoring a lot of points. Curious if you see the same kind of issue here going against this defense. Ravens 9.5, total 43.5. What about the early game on Saturday? 
Yeah, so what Houston's done very well all year is generate explosive plays. And that's been like their calling card. You can picture probably a million plays in your head of C.J. Stroud airing it downfield, whether it's Nico Collins, Tank Dell, who's been on IR, Noah Brown, Noah Brown who's on IR now. My, I'm very questionable about whether or not they can do that this week. Now, they get a boost because Marlon Humphrey is out for the Ravens. But oftentimes, you get a team that plays inside a dome going to an outdoor environment, and they are just not capable of throwing the ball downfield like they are in that dome, especially in these types of conditions. Not that it's terrible and not conducive to throwing, but 15 to 20 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 30 miles an hour, that affects deep balls in a lot of instances here. So I, I, I don't know that Houston's going to have that type of success. Now, people could say, yeah, Cleveland prevented explosive plays all year, and Houston did that to them. Baltimore's prevented explosive plays all year. Can Houston do that to them? It's possible, but I, I think the Ravens' defense will win a lot of these matchups. I'm just not completely sold that the Ravens' offense is going to like move the ball that efficiently. Mark Andrews still out again this week. I think it's like everyone thinks this is a foregone conclusion. Well, Houston's defense, they have some issues in the secondary. Ravens have some good receivers. I mean, there is precedent for quarterbacks who struggle in the playoffs over time that continue to struggle in the playoffs over time. I don't think it's just this foregone conclusion. Lamar Jackson is able to completely shake those, you know, past playoff performances altogether. I think this might be the biggest point spread you're going to get with CJ Stroud in his NFL career. And, you know, I, I make this game closer to eight, eight and a half. That's not a, a big edge when you're getting nine and a half in the market. I would only play Houston here just because I think the quarterback is an elite level quarterback and you're getting a ton of points with them from a player prop perspective completely random one bet mgm actually has a great price on this but when these teams played back in week one roquan smith racked up 16 tackles in that game he's priced at eight and a half tackles plus assists uh over is minus 120 at bet mgm i really like that look when i break down the offenses and specifically the way that houston likes to run the ball and there's their concepts I think Roquan Smith's going to be big and get a lot of tackles in this game. So give me that as a prop option. A couple more minutes here with Pro Sports better Rob Bazzola with Nick and Ken. Rob, we got to go lightning round here for the remaining two games. Uh, Lions and Bucks on on Sunday in Detroit. Lions six and a half, 48 and a half. What do you got here in like 30 seconds? And then we'll save the rest for Chiefs and Bills. I like the over here for a few reasons. One, Tampa Bay, explosive plays. They've done this all season. Baker Mayfield, the most throws of 20-plus yards in the entire league. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the outside against Cam Sutton and Kendall Vildor. Those are big mismatches. Detroit, on the other hand, I think they can move it any way possible. People are so fixated on Goff against the Blitz. Goff has not been worse EPA-wise against the Blitz, against non-Blitz this year. It's the exact same number EPA-wise. I think both teams move the ball. I think this total's too low. All right, let's do the Chiefs and Bills to close. Buffalo in between two and a half and three. We'll see about Buffalo's injury report. A lot of like key defensive players on it. We don't know if Gabe Davis is going to play. Total in the game, 45 and a half. A cool 60 seconds here, Rob, for the game of the weekend, Kansas City and Buffalo. I think there's one of there's two ways I can play this, and it's going to depend on the injury report for Buffalo and as we trend closer to game time. Specifically, who suits up in the linebacking core, I think it's very important to have your linebackers against the Chiefs who pass a lot over the middle of the field, whether that's Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice over the middle on his slot routes, or just getting the ball to their running backs out of the backfield, which has worked for them a lot this year. If we get Buffalo, I mean, if this injury report stays for Buffalo, I'm playing Chiefs money line. I, I, I didn't think I would be there this week. I honestly didn't think I would be there. 
after last week's games and how I thought of the Chiefs this year. But to me, that's the play. If Buffalo gets a better injury report on defense, I actually think this total's a bit too high because there's just not the explosive plays for either of these offenses. It's a lot of dink and dunk. I think Buffalo will try to run the ball a bunch. So Chiefs or under, we just have to wait to see the final injury report looks like tomorrow. Rob is on Twitter at Rob Bazola. Check out the hammer at the hammer HQ. Circles off as the sports betting podcast. Be sure to find that wherever the hell it is that you find your podcasts. How about this dude comes on the show and goes, actually, I don't think it was the worst thing that my team retained Mike McCarthy. Good luck. Maybe it's better than Rob, we great lost having to you, the buddy. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with the bets this weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. You too, guys. Our friend Rob Pozzola joining us here on You Better, You Bet. Hour number three for me coming up on the other side. Ken and I will roll through Divisional Weekend, give you our updated takes, our bets, etc. next.